When I was in college, um, one of my nicknames was uh, Back Alley Jack. Hennington. What? <laughs> sounds like a homemade brew. I can put yeah. that in the recording. So, um, so he said it sounded like a, whole, a homemade brew. <laughs> so, um, so my nickname was Back Alley Jack, one of my nicknames, because I would always find the most efficient way to get wherever we're going on campus or even around town. And so um, my friends would be astonished that, not, not just that I that we were going this very unique way, usually through alleys and parking lots and whatnot. But just that I had found and discovered that route. And so um, it was an interesting nickname. And as I moved into my career and whatnot, that, that trait, <laughs> you know, the back alley jack trait, just kind of went with me. I, I, I kept looking for the quickest way, the shortest route. That was just something... And even took it into my study of the Word of God. And so, um, so I'm going to share with you tonight is a moment where I had a back alley jack in Bullman and read with the Word of God. And then we're going to go through that. I'll share that with you. So um, if, uh, if you want to follow along, I'm going to start in Matthew 22, 35. <clears throat> One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I remember imagining what it would be like to be a young Jewish boy hearing this. All of the law, the Torah, and all the prophets, the Tanakh, are hanging on these two. Like, you know, the, the, the law and the Tanakh, that's what we would call the Old Testament. So I remember reading this thinking, I could read the whole Old Testament, or I could read these two and be golden. I mean, I'm home free. Yes. I'm like, seriously? If I get these two down, I basically have covered the whole Old Testament. So I don't have to read the New Testament. Like, it's kind of the way I think. Like, it's the whole maximizer, shortcut, back alley jack moment. Like, whoa. I could do this. This would be really cool. And so as I look at these two and examine them, the first one, the greatest commandment, actually worked okay for me. Like I, I could wrap my head around, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that. And I, and I read about that and I thought that. But the second commandment? Come I kind of struggle with that, right? Like, love your neighbor as... Something I understand. That seems kind of narcissistic. <laughs> but that seems kind of egotistical. I had a really hard time with that part of the two commandments. 
even though I entered into that moment thinking, this is going to be so cool. If I, if I nail these two, if I study these two and get this down, I am so golden. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, have you looked at your Bible? Like, <laughs> that much is the Old Testament, this much is the New Testament. And all I have to do is really nail these two. But that's where I really was challenged. Love your neighbor as yourself. But that mean. So, so I endeavor to study that and look around and find out what exactly was that like. So, the first question I asked was, I mean, is Jesus encouraging us to be narcissistic and egotistical? Well, no. I mean, I knew enough about Jesus to know that, right? So, I was a young believer at the time, but I did know that. Like, Jesus was humble. Like, he was so humble. If he would not, he would not be telling us something like, like, to love your, loving yourself seems so, you know, like an antithesis of, of following Christ to me. And I was still a young believer when I read this. So that part was what would challenge me. So I started looking at what is the love he's talking about? In this scripture, and that love is the agape love. It's not the phileo love or the eros love. It's agape. It's kind of like the complete love. It's the it's the a summary of love. It's it's um, the fullness of love. And so, as I searched and went through this and dug through scripture, where I found this same love was in First um, Corinthians. You know, the letter to those in Corinth, in Greece. And so here's what it read. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not proud. Love does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. So, I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've heard it say to put the the name of God or Jesus where love is in all of those. So, so let's all try that while you're reading it. So I'll, I'll do it out loud, but you can do it in your head. God is patient. So God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God knows rec- no records of wrongs. Thank goodness. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. And God never fails. That's good. That makes sense. God is love, so that works, right? I've also heard it said to put my own name in there. So you guys put your own name in there. I'll put mine in there as we go through it. Mark is patient. Mark is kind. 
Mark does not envy. Mark does not boast. Mark is not proud. Mark does not dishonor others. Mark is not self-seeking. Mark is not easily angered. Mark keeps no record of wrongs. Mark does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Mark always protects. Mark always trusts. Mark always hopes. Mark always perseveres. And Mark never fails. And that sounds really good. But it's not really that true. <laughs> that was me. So, because, um, yes. It just, I know me. So, but today, I'm going to challenge you to do something different. And it's probably going to be difficult for some of you. So, I'm going to challenge you to go through these 15 points of love and look at it with a perspective of how you love you. Hmm. Well, how do you love you? I offer to you that the way you love you is the way you will love your neighbor. For example, have you ever worked somewhere where there was something or even, you know, maybe the 13th of 15, 16 year old, you ever go to school somewhere where there's people you just try to avoid because they're cranky, gripey, mm-hmm. negative toots? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I call them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And if you don't know me like that, maybe you deal with them But I would argue that that person doesn't love themselves very well. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, I remember reading, uh, having read research uh, about 15 years ago, talking about bullies have low self-esteem. So I'm like, no, they didn't. When I was a kid, they always were like this, and like, they thought they were amazing. And, but the reality is, no, they didn't. That's why they were mean to other people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that when I was a kid. It sure felt like they thought they were awesome. Because I've been picked on them, you know, all that. So, if you meet people or work around people that are cranky toots, you're like, you have a question? I was just going to say, our, their youth pastor said, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And if they don't love themselves very well, because you can be hurt and still love yourself, you might, might you could be working through that. But when you meet people that are super gracious and kind, mm-hmm. like there was a lady I met once at the office, and... Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm a little bit of a skeptic. So when I meet really kind, kind, really nice people, I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> That's how I'm like, mm, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Turns out she really was kind. And she really was gracious. And she was also gracious and kind to herself. Okay? Because I would find errors or mistakes she would make and I would Gracious, you tell her, hey, but she goes, oh, I'll, I'll get it next time, boss. I'll, I'll make that, that'll, that'll be great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. You know, try, try again, learn, learn, learn. So gracious towards yourself. Like the way she received even correction, she was like, oh yeah. She wasn't harsh to herself. It was amazing working with her. And later on, we both realized we were both believers. 
And so it was kind of a, a great relationship, you know, long term. So I, I offer to you that as you go through this exercise, you might find areas that maybe you don't love yourself so well in that little place in your heart. Or maybe you realize, ha! I love myself so well. Look at me. Oh my gosh. This is greatness. I'm greatness. And then you have to work on your humility. It kind of works itself itself out. So I think it's going to be a little difficult as we go through it because it seems counter to the word of God sometimes about loving ourselves. But right there, when basically the expert in the law, the lawyer, the Pharisee, was asking Jesus, he said, love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind. And loving your neighbor as yourself is the second. So he compares those two. So that's what we're going to do today. And I will tell you my experience of why I'm offering to you the way you love you is the way you love others. Is about, oh, so I've been this 11 years now. Uh, I, I moved into a role where I do, I did mostly pastoral counseling. And uh, I recently added it up and I... I've counseled a little bit over 3,200 face-to-face meetings with people. Um, Bible-believing, Jesus-believing Christians. And what I found is that many, many of those folks not only (coughs) don't love themselves, they they don't even like themselves. Hurting, broken, some angry folks. And you sit across from them, and what's going on inside their heart isn't very loving at all. And guess how they treat the people around them? Yeah. Not with a lot of love. Because I've met spouses of those folks. Wow. And then I met the children of many of those folks. And so my experience also tells me how you love you is how you're going to love other people. Mm-hmm. And so it's fascinating that Jesus talked about loving God and loving your neighbor, basically other people. Mm-hmm. And so we're going we're gonna to work through that today. Again, it might be difficult for some of you. We'll get through it together. <laughs> we won't leave you stranded, all right? And so there are 15 points in First Corinthians on love. The first one is love is patient. So my question to you is, are you patient with yourself? Or do you think you should have learned that by now? I'm over 50. I should have already gotten to this point in my life. I've, I, you should on yourself. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, one should not should on oneself or others. You think that through. Should, S-H-O-U-L-D. <laughs> right? So, it's a really good, because should comes from a posture of obligation, and Jesus gives us free gift. So when we're in a posture of shitting on ourselves and others, it's, it's like we're not in a posture of freedom and love. And so a lot of times, in, if you're not patient with yourself, you run into something, you think, ah, you know, seriously, I'm 57 years old. I ought to be at this place already, either with the Lord, maybe, or even with my bride, or even with my family, or even in business, or whatever, however you measure you, 
are you patient with yourself? Or are you a little more demanding? A little more harsh? Um, are you critical instead of patient? Like, ah. Everybody else my age, my age is that has gotten this handled. Everybody else who's met Jesus has done the 20 years has gotten to this point. Everyone helped like you can love is patient. Are you patient with you? It's important to really examine that. The second one, love is kind. Are you kind to yourself? It's kind of a close tie-in with being patient. If you look up the word kind, you'll find words, uh, sentiments, sympathetic, helpful, gentle, forbearance. Are you gentle with yourself? Do these words describe how you talk to yourself? How you engage yourself when you're moving through life? Or are you harsh, rough, or even mean? Do you speak things to yourself that maybe someone who was mean or harsh to you had spoken to you when you were a kid? Or maybe at work? Do you have things that play that aren't about God? So, are you kind to yourself? Number three, love does not envy. Are you content with what you have and who you are? Like, really? You're okay with who you are, how God made you? I will say it was um, very difficult as a parent sometimes when you would hear one of your children um, hating a part of, of you know, the, the, who they are. Uh, many times it was physical, like my nose or, you know, my height. I have a, a tall daughter. And so there were times where, you know, they were struggling with how God made them. And so, you know, it's, it's like the envy is like a lack of contentment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so are you okay? Are you content with what God has given to you, not just provision, not just abilities, but also um, your strengths and weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. Those of you that don't know you have any, that is one. The same God that gave you strengths is the same God that gave you weaknesses. So thank him for both because the rest of us, you know, see your weakness. But the cool thing is when we're weak, he's strong. So are you content? Do you wish... Or believe you have more. It doesn't matter what the more is. Do you wish you had more of something? Money, relationships, kids. I want a day. She wanted three. We compromised and we had three. <laughs> Are you content? Are you upset that you haven't accomplished more? Either for God or for your family or for work. Or are you envious? It's an important thing for us to consider about ourselves. Love does not boast, is number four. So are you modest? And assuming do you believe that you're enough? And in your weaknesses, do you trust that God 
We'll take care of the rest. Number five, love is not proud. So are you humble with yourself? That's okay. And, um, do you have that posture of um, grace for yourself? Or are you full of pride? And you look down on yourself because of your status or lack thereof. So I really don't turn it around. Like, are, are you a proper person towards yourself? Like, look at you. Like, seriously? You couldn't have done that better? Maybe no one in the room has those thoughts. But there's a whole lot of believers that do. And it's this posture of pride, even towards themselves. It should have been better. It could have been done better. How come he didn't do that? I know by now. I'm still doing that sin. Oh my gosh. What a loser. You can fill in the blank. So number six, love does not dishonor. Think about that. Do you dishonor? Another way to say dishonor is harm yourself. Do you dishonor or harm yourself? Do you disrespect yourself? Do you shame yourself, either like in your head or with self-talk? Or maybe even isolation. You just stay away from folks out of embarrassment or shame. Or you do it out loud. You actually call yourself names. You uh, make fun of yourself in the presence of others. Love does not self-seek. Do you serve or take care of yourself well? So think about it. Do you serve yourself well? With healthy living? Um, Are you serving yourself with spending time with the Lord? Are you serving yourself well um, by guarding your heart? Um, Being wise about caring well for yourself? Like, it's one of the ways that we could love ourselves well. It is, you know, how do I orient my life towards things that would bless me versus things that would harm me? Number eight, love is not easily anger. Do you easily get angry towards yourself? One surefire way to see that as some people, you've probably seen this, they're like, bow. Smack themselves on the head. You do this. Put their hand on the table. Like, you can see the physical outpouring of how someone might speak to themselves by watching. So I listen as much to what people do as I do to what people say. And so... Do you get angry to yourself? Are you having this kind of behavior? Do you call yourself names? Do you put yourself down? That's not very loving, Richard. Number nine, love does not keep record of wrongs. So do you keep a running tally of your own mistakes or your own sins? I mean, this is a real common attribute. Oh my gosh, I do that again. Ah, not again. 
I do that so many times. Oh, I do that every year at Easter. Oh, like, oh my gosh, I saw my family again. I did the same thing. Like, do you keep a running record, a tally of all the things that you mess up on? Because he doesn't. You say things like, oh, I did it again, or it seems like I'll never learn. Number 10, love rejoices in the truth. Do you rejoice in the truth of who you are? Or do you delight in the evil lies the enemies the enemy presents to you? So think about that. Love rejoices in the truth. Do you rejoice in the truth of who you are? Or do you delight in the evil lies the enemy presents to you? It's really important to figure out what the Word of God says you are. Mm-hmm. I'm a head, not the tail, but of a royal priesthood. Right? Yeah. Jesus calls me his brother. He's my bridegroom. Like, he tells me that I'm part of a royal priesthood. Like everyone in the room, if you're a believer in Christ, you're both a priest, priest you're either a priest, priestess, and you're royalty, a prince and a princess. So are you agreeing with the truth of who you are, or do you believe evil lies the enemy might present to you? Oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to measure up. You're this. And I will tell you personally, uh, I think some of you know, this is nothing that I haven't shared with the world at large, is that um, when I was younger, I used to be a criminal. criminal. And so I was hmm, five, ten years into being a believer, and... I still thought like that. I still believe that's, that, that's who I was. And someone challenged me. And I said, yeah, you don't know my history, man. You, you didn't get out of my face. And um, he said, you paid all this money. You're at a men's conference. And you're sitting on the sideline. You're not participating. I said, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. Oh, I'm not cleaned up like that lot of these people. I have a history. And that guy basically, Christ-likeness, Bopped me right in the nose without physically hitting me in the nose. He said, Well, that's not true. Do you, you're believing the lie of the enemy. You're a new creature. You're, and he just started saying what the Word of God says who I am. Yeah. I was like, Man, that sounds really great, but that's not me. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up like I didn't have all that background. I'm telling you. And he said, No, no, no. See, right now you get to decide. Yeah. Are you going to believe who God says you are? Are you going to believe these lies that you've been lived believing your whole life? Life, cool. I baked. So, rejoicing in the truth of who you are is really important in being able to love yourself. Even if some of the things you might be hearing that aren't that healthy or holy about yourself, they might even feel real or even appear true. Maybe you just sin in, in some way. And you're like, actually, that uh, that is who I am. That, that I, yeah, clearly the evidence just shows. And so you might have those moments where it feels that way. But I would engage, encourage, offer to you, if you don't know what the Word of God says, who you are, what the Word speaks over you, who you are in your identity in Christ, um, so it's going to be very difficult for you to actually believe the truth and rejoice in it. Yes. Okay? So that'll be my encouragement to you on love rejoices in the truth. 
Number 11, love protects. Do you protect yourself? Excuse me, or do you put yourself in harm's way? Do you choose risky situations where you could be harmed, either physically or even spiritually? I have young adult children. I have the medium of adult children as well. They're more wise, but the young adult children, sometimes they put themselves in harm's way. Um, and I'm not talking about running, you know, and playing on the highway. I'm talking about, oh, they might go to a certain place where spiritually they're in harm's way. And so do we do that? Maybe who's in the room and then maybe you don't want to be listening. Do we protect ourselves in holy and healthy ways? Or are we putting ourselves at risk? I, I was a daredevil journaling junkie when I was younger, and I did all that stuff. Skydiving, racing cars, all that fun stuff. Oh, it was so much fun to, to get to feel alive. Well, that's what they're doing to feel alive, but it doesn't, it still puts you in harm's way. And so there are healthy and holy ways for us to love ourselves and protect our, our, protecting ourselves is an important way of doing that, whether it's physically protection or spiritually protecting. Number 12, love, trust. Do you trust yourself? Or do you constantly second guess yourself? I had a moment like this just last weekend. I needed it. What was I going? I was going to get something. Um, oh, yeah. My sweet brother remembers. I was going to get a three-ring binder. I thought, well, I'm not going to pack it. My bag was, was small. I was officiating the wedding. I'll just pick one up when I get there. Um, hopped in the car. was driving. I found, you know, on your phone, found a Staples about 12 miles away, 15, 20 minutes away. And... So I started driving, and I heard, pull it to the CVS. They have one. I thought, ugh. Is that really, is that me, Lord, or is that you? Moment of not trusting myself that I hear him. And I literally heard, do I not speak to you? I was like, oh, sorry. Okay. I was like, I felt reprimanded. Do I not speak to you? I'm like, I don't talk to myself like that. I knew that was God. I'm like, okay. Went into the CVS, which was right. I mean, the CVS was one block from my friend's house. So I wasn't, I plan on going, you know, 25 minutes out, 25 minutes back. I'd already done the math. I walked into the CVS, and I kid you not, there were the three ring binders. I always thought you had to go to office place to get things like that. And I'm tearing up, walking through the, I can see it at the end of the aisle. <laughs> my luck, I'm going to turn it, I'm going to bump into the CVS employee here in a second, crying down the walkway <laughs> to get a free reminder because I recognized that I had not trusted myself in that moment and trusted that God was with me and speaking to me. So it happens, like it's not that your things won't happen and you won't have moments, but how are you moving through that? So do you trust that God is in you? That's that part that I just mentioned. That he is with you. And do you trust that he will never leave you? Like ever. Like that's his promise. And he's not like a man or a human. That he would lie. And then by then. So number 13. Love hopes. Are you hopeful? Or are you a doom and gloom? 
And I'm being serious. Are your glass half full or are your glass half empty? I only know a lot of believers that are glass half empty. <laughs> Just saying. It's like, like, do you hope? Like, are things going to be good? Is it going to be better? Is it going to be amazing? Do you hope? Is your hope in the future, is, are, you, are you hopeful? Are all things possible in your world? Mm-hmm. Or have you had some tough stuff happen in your life now? Yeah. The dog's not sure. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <clears throat> Love hopes. My encouragement to you is hope. Jesus is the hope of the world. Okay. Damn. Hope. It's important. 14. Love perseveres. Do you persevere? Meaning, do you keep going when things get tough? <coughs> One more step. Do you keep moving forward? Do you rest and then keep going? Do you encourage yourself? Like David did. He had to encourage himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Right? Do you remind yourself of all the great things you've already done in Christ? All the things you've gotten past? Do you persevere? Do you love yourself like that? I remember when my um, my daughters... They would, you know, when they were younger, much little, we know, elementary school age. Um, if we, we did chores Saturday morning, and we clean the house with everything, and if they were reprimanded or something happened, they got in trouble, this happened more than once, they, they'd be crying. I was like, well, get, you know, they'd be sitting there crying. I'm like, okay, get up and finish your chores. Can't you see that I'm crying? <laughs> Daddy! Like, yes, I see that you're crying. You're crying. Now go finish your chores. While I'm crying! <laughs> yes, while you're crying. <laughs> I let your emotions be the thing that keeps you from actually getting the stuff done you're supposed to get done when you're a child, then you won't accomplish anything in the rest of your life. That's right. Because you're going to have your emotions your whole life. Yeah. So, yeah, get up and finish your chores while you're crying. <laughs> You know, they'd be crying and vacuuming and crying and dusting and they'd like, ah. <laughs> yeah. I look at that as persevering yeah. in the midst of tough stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they're crying because of something they did and they got in trouble for it anyway. So, like, <laughs> so persevere, <laughs> keep going, right? Yes. Do you love yourself in that way? Will you keep coming? Whatever it is. Do you encourage yourself? Or are you waiting for other people to come around and tell you how amazing you are and how you deserve this and blah, 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 blah. Keep waiting for people. I encourage you to encourage yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Lord. 
But encourage yourself. Like he's with you. So the 15th one is love never fails. Do you love you forever and ever? And ever? Even when you sin, do you love you? Mm. Most people really think crappy things about themselves there after they sin. Will you love yourself even if you sin? Do you believe that your value never fades or ends? Satan. Or do you believe your value goes up and down maybe at the opinion of someone that matters to you? Parent, spouse, boss, client, favorite, best friend, BFF, all those things. Does your value move up and down? Or do you believe your value never changes? Do you believe that you're worthy of an everlasting love? With unfilling love? Because that's what God says about you. He loves you like that. Do you agree with what God says about you? That's, that's a really important thing to consider. Are you going to argue with the God of the universe about who you are? Now that you know him, now that you've met him, now that you follow him, now that he lives and dwells within you, now that he gives you his mind that, like, are you really going to argue with him about your value? Are you going to love his creation? Because he created you. Every one of us. Look how fun is that? Like, she made David. <laughs> right? He made each one of us. Like, God was intimately involved in creating you. Yeah. You, with all the flaws and all the things that you've sinned about that maybe the rest of us don't know. Yeah, he already knew all of that. But there's so much more about you to love than the things you're thinking about. And his love never fails. So my encouragement to you is, are you going to agree with him? And love yourself like that. Where the love you have for yourself never fades. It never goes away. Primarily because you're in agreement with him about who you are. So those are the 15 love points. And I will say the one thing I love most about that is that 13 of the 15 are verbs and two are adjectives. None of them are nouns or what we would call emotions. Mm -hmm. They're verbs. The only two, you know, patient and kind, those are adjectives. Everything else is an, is an action word. I don't know how much I love that, but I do like that a lot. You know? It's like, love is... And it's an adaptation torch, right? DC so why is all of this important? <clears throat> because in Matthew, when an expert of the law asked Jesus what is the greatest commandment, and he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind, and the second is much like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two. That was pretty huge. 
because he's talking to experts. He's talking to the Pharisees. He just kind of answered the Sadducees, and now he's talking to the Pharisees. Now, Jesus did say the first one was the greatest one. Yet he also compared it. The second one said it was like it. So when you think of the word like it, you know, um, Coke, Pepsi, Ford, Chevy, loving God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, loving your neighbor as yourself. I didn't put it up there next to it. It's a comparison. That's what like is. It's a comparison. You go do the grammar, and that's a comparison. I didn't make it up. I didn't do this. It's in Jesus said it. It's in red, y'all. Right? So he put that up next to it. So to love the intangible God, he compared it with loving the tangible in you. The way you love yourself. It wasn't just loving the intangible in you. It wasn't just loving your neighbor. It was loving your neighbor as... No. Trying to make it a... I struggled with this. No, for a long time. And I lived into this for a very long time. Do you not find it interesting that he compared those two? I did. <clears throat> so, think about what Jesus said. Me loving the tangible you, the way I love me, is akin to loving God with all of who I am. You know, heart, soul, and mind. Just wow. Like, I don't think I would use that comparison. Like, if I was Jesus, I was God. It's just an interesting way for us to examine Love. And quite frankly, for me, it was very difficult to, um, to work through loving my neighbor as myself. But I will say the last 11 plus years and multiple sessions with tons and tons, over thousands of believers, I've really realized that it, it's what he said. We, we do love other people and, and the way we are loving ourselves. And sometimes we have moments where, like even in my marriage, I might be having a crappy day or a cranky day and I'll be feeling a certain way and blah, 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 and it kind of pours out into her and she's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, oh, no, I'm scared. This is whatever you got going on is spilling out onto me. I'm like, Oh, yeah, mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm feeling that great about myself right now because of this, this, and then this, and then someone got upset about this. And Okay. Not all of us have, like, a best friend that's, like, you know, that's a spouse that's, like, living in the same house with us. So, like, I get that. But it will happen when we have our friends that are close to us. Then... Mm. It's okay. The conclusion I found was that I need to love you and that I will love you as, or in the same way, I love myself. So how I love you is important. 
And many times, how I love myself pours out of my heart onto the neighbors around me. And typically, those closest to me, my beautiful bride, probably the closest, get the most outpouring from my own heart. Right? Or my kids. Yes, because they're around us quite a bit. So, the question becomes, how can we ensure that we live in accordance with the first and the second greatest commandments? How can we do that? <sighs> See some big sighs. Ah, oh, you know, it's difficult, right? How can we do that? One thing. One thing. It's the one thing. What's that movie? So one day, I can see the guy. It's, uh, they were hunting. I'm not hunting. They were... Uh, City slippers. City slippers. What's the one thing? Cranky voice. What's that one thing? So the one thing. The baptism, yeah. the indwelling, the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the thing. It is the thing. I'm telling you, it's the thing. And why? You can go over to Galatians 5.22. Mm -hmm. He lists the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Look at the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is that cool? We talk about first fruits. Mm -hmm. The first fruit yeah. is love. Mm -hmm. Love, joy, peace, forbearance. Remember that part? Forbearance, it was like, was it a synonym with kindness? Kindness, goodness, for faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So think about that. Does the fruit of the Holy Spirit address a lot of those things we just talked about? Yes. How to love yourself well? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's kind of, it's almost like you can see. Because you're right. I believe the fruit of the Spirit does address all of those things. Or at least it can. Because I mean, everyone's filled with the Spirit all the time. But it can. And I'm not going to give an exhaustive lesson on the Holy Spirit today, but the fruit of the Spirit speaks for itself in so many ways, in my humble opinion. So what does this look like in my life? Well, when I was less mature in my walk with the Lord, and I was feeling cranky about myself, I would take a moment to choose to connect with the Holy Spirit, either through prayer or praying in, in tongues. And then I would begin to agree with the Lord about what he says about me, what he thinks about me, and how he loves me. And so much of that is, is through me remembering um, scripture, what it says about me. Remember I told you that guy that kind of fought me in the nose spiritually? Well, I have, I literally have a, uh, I, I wrote this out, I, I, I studied scripture, and then I wrote this document that is still up on my mirror in my bathroom to this day. It's my true identity statement. You know, my name is Mark Christopher Conham, I'm son of the the Triton God, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm part of a royal priesthood. You know, I'm the head and not the tail. I mean, you can just go all the way through it. But that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you, if you haven't done that, and you haven't memorized who God says you are, do that. Mm -hmm. Because when you find yourself in moments where you're like, yeah. ugh, well, connect with the Holy Spirit. Start to remember what the Word of God, which is written by the Holy Spirit, says about you. <clears throat> and through the power of the Holy Spirit and through this inbuilding love and truth, I have the ability to love myself in a healthy and holy way. Yes, we all do. I will say, as I matured, I don't find myself in that spot near as much anymore. But when I do, it's the same thing. 
I connect with the spirit, which brings the first fruit of love. It's just so wonderful. You know, it was um, it's just beautiful and holy. Mm. The first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Which in turn enables me to love God mm-hmm. with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Yeah. And it helps me love my neighbor as I love myself. I can love myself in a healthy and holy way that in turn allows me to be kind to others, be gracious. Mm-hmm. That love is pouring out because I am a loving me. I'm basically agreeing with God. <clears throat> like, that's really what's happening. Like that agreement. And so, when I love being that way, it helps me love y'all mm-hmm. that way. And that always looks pretty good. <laughs>